We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Oregon Ducks hit the road to Tempe this week for their first matchup against former offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham, who's now with the Arizona State Sun Devils. We're previewing and predicting the game on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting coming to you on Thursday, November 16th from a little bit sunnier Long Beach, California. It was nice and stormy yesterday. Made me think of Eugene, but uh, we are stoked to be back for another episode of the pod. We got Arizona State and Oregon set to kick off at one o'clock Pacific on Saturday on Fox. And joining me today to break down and preview this game is Richie Bradshaw, the host of Locked on Ducks. How we doing, man? Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. It's uh, it's going to be a good time to talk uh, ASU versus Sun Devils. Obviously, the resident Arizona State fan, if you couldn't tell by everything that's going on behind me. But I'm here to talk some football and, you know, I'll endear myself to the fans right now. Outside of when, when Oregon plays ASU, I freaking love the Ducks, dude. Uh, Marcus Mariota and DeAnthony Thomas are two of my all-time favorite college players. I uh, love the uniforms. I love the direction they're going. When I'm not playing them, I am rooting for the Ducks pretty much every Saturday. There you go. Okay, so we got we got a little bit of a mutual respect, some 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 love there. That's always good to see. Big time um, love. So so Richie, kind of what our plan is for the for the pod today is we're gonna dive into both sides of the ball for both teams and and get a score prediction at the end. So make sure you guys stay around for that. But before we do that, I kind of just want to set the stage a little bit and, and check the pulse of the, the Arizona State fan base right now. It's It's been a, not the best year, obviously, for the, the Devils. Uh, and they also just fired their – or they didn't fire, but uh, Ray Anderson, their athletic director, uh, resigned, I believe is the right way to put it. Um, so just what's the, what's the vibe right now of this fan base, given that there's two weeks left in the regular season, it's pretty hype. And that's not what you would expect for a three and seven football team, but everyone in what we call the Valley is pretty hyped right now. Everyone's really excited. 
Uh, it's been nothing short of a public disapproval is the nicest way I can put it for Ray Anderson. Uh, literal billboards driving around the city uh, that said hashtag fire Ray Anderson. Uh, there was absolutely no love, no respect for him from the fan base. He basically was the entire enemy of the group. And part of the reason why that was is uh, his best friend was Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards gets to walk free from the program because they quote unquote fired him, even though they paid out his contract. And then he gets a nice cushiony job at, uh, at ESPN. One of our former defensive coordinators, Antonio Pierce, now the interim head coach of the Raiders, Ray Anderson gets to step down, but Kenny Dillingham is the one who gets punished with the self-imposed bull ban that Anderson made at the beginning of the year. And look, I know a lot of people will say, well, Arizona State wasn't going to a bowl game anyways. I don't disagree, but it's the fact of the matter that Kenny Dillingham, his staff, and his players are being punished for the sins of their predecessors. So with Anderson gone, it feels like it's a brand new page in the history of Arizona State Sun Devils football. The program looks so much brighter than it once did. And we're just so beyond excited to be on that next page, onto that next step, onto the future here. So everyone's really excited. And Kenny Dillingham is a very exciting coach. Oregon fans know that he's got a very explosive offense and he's such a brilliant young mind. He's the youngest head coach in all the NCAA. He is absolutely the right guy for the job. If, uh, if nobody knew this prior, he is actually born and raised in Arizona and graduated from Arizona State in 2012. So he's an alumni and somebody who actually cares about this program. When he tells you it's his dream job, you believe him. You don't sit here and feel like he's looking to use this as a stepping stone to get to a different program. He feels like a guy who is going to be here as long as we'll let him. Five years, 20 years, whatever. It feels like he's absolutely the right guy to turn this program around. So even for a three-win year, everyone is really excited right now. And I can't remember the last time there was this much optimism going on in Tempe and in the Valley. I remember, Richie, after Kenny got that job, there was just so much energy around the program on social media. Obviously, that was the best way that I could um, kind of gauge it. I was actually out in the Phoenix area uh, on um, on uh, some recruiting uh, coverage the earlier this spring and it was, you could kind of feel, I feel like it was more so geared towards Arizona because that's the program that I guess has had more traction in the state, I think would be fair to say over recent years. And, and Jed fish is doing a remarkable job there. But um, after Kenny Dillingham got hired, it was just all over his timeline, activate the Valley, activate the Valley. And there was recruiting momentum. So there was a lot of good stuff going on. So the, the other big picture question I kind of had for you before we get into this preview or maybe just some of your thoughts around um, Kenny Dillingham. I, I know you're local, so I don't know if you're able to go to any of the, the media availabilities or um, oh, yeah. just kind of some of your, your impressions on, on him. Cause he's, he's given some great pressers. Admittedly, I kind of watched him for the first time uh, this week, but um, he, he's a great interview. Yeah, he truly is. And he brings this, this energy that you just wouldn't expect from a 33 year old head coach. Like, he feels so much wiser beyond his years. You feel like you're talking to a guy who's been coaching for 20 plus years, and that's not the case. It's a guy who's been in the coaching atmosphere for 10 years. He was a graduate assistant at Arizona State. 
He worked under Mike Norvell at Memphis and at Florida State, who also previously worked at Arizona State. I mean, he's he's really built up a name for himself. But here's the thing is, like, you sit there in press conferences after losses, and there's been a lot of them this year. And there's a chance that there's two more losses to end this season. And you sit there and you ask him questions and you probe him and you want to know, you know, what went wrong, where we go from here. At no point this year has he ever deflected and said, it's the player's fault. It's the assistant coach's fault. Every single time it is, I've got to do better. I need to look at tape. I need to place us in a better situation to win. Having a a head coach that takes accountability every single time and has never, ever deflected is so remarkable. And it's just something we're not used to seeing at Arizona State because you had Herm Edwards who had scapegoats that he was using for four years. It's such a it's such a different atmosphere now. And the way that he talks just really gets you to buy in. I love that you mentioned Activate the Valley because ever since he got hired here, that's what he's wanted to do. He's wanted to get everybody that lives in the Valley, which is the greater Phoenix area, to buy into this program. They're working on getting their NIL group uh, boosted from what it was. From the start of this week, when Ray Anderson was let go from the program, the Sun Angel Collective, which is our NIL, has more than doubled what they previously had. People are buying into this team. They're doing a good job recruiting. They're keeping in-state kids home. They're recruiting guys like Class Johnson, who's a three-star, four-star corner, depending on where you're looking. They're reaching out all over the place. Um, oh, man, I can't think of guys off the top of my head. But they've got a top 50 recruiting class. Last I looked was top 30-something, but I'd be willing to bet it's gone down a little bit since then. But they're doing a good job with their recruiting momentum. They're doing a good job starting to get NIL improved. There's a long ways to go, but they're making the right moves. They're heading in the right direction. People call Arizona State a sleeping giant to the point where Sun Devil fans will roll their eyes when they hear it because it's just such a cliche, but it's so true. You've got one of the biggest universities in the country. You've got huge enrollment rates. You've got basically every sport you can think of. Like They've got the big three with football, baseball, basketball. They've got women's sports like uh, women's volleyball. They've got uh, sand volleyball. They've got um, regular volleyball. There's swim and dive opportunities. There's soccer. There's pretty much everything that you can think of is offered. They've got five different locations. They've got Tempe. They've got Yuma. They've got uh, West Campus, Polytech, downtown Phoenix. They offer so many different opportunities like the Walter Cronkite Sports Journalism School. They've got a great nursing program, a great business school. There's so much to offer here. And it feels like it's just been a matter of time for everything to start adding up to getting people to actually care about going to this school. And Kenny Dillingham has you believing that that's going to be the case. So hopefully that continues to be the direction that we're looking. But Right now, you look at the energy Kenny Dillingham is bringing, and it's unlike anything we've seen. Oh, man. It, in my lifetime of watching ASU football, it's beyond exciting, and you truly feel like they're going to be able to reach that potential. 
Sounds like the Sun Devils are, are doing everything they can to, to turn a new leaf in Tempe with, with their football program. So with that being said, let's hop into this preview, man, because ASU is coming off of one of their only uh, three wins this season, uh, a road win over UCLA. And um, you could be quick to detract from that with you know rumors that uh, Chip Kelly is going to be ousted in Pasadena. But a win's a win, man. And I'm I bet with with Kenny Dillingham, that's just something that you really want to lean into. Just squeeze it for all it's worth. But I, I wanted to kind of start talking about this ASU offense because um, even though Kenny Dillingham is is really you know obviously renowned for his offenses, there's been some bumps in the road this year. Uh, there was a little bit of chatter this week that Jaden Rashada was going to come back for this game, and then it looks like Kenny Dillingham shut that down yesterday. Um, so, so what can you tell me about this, uh, ASU offense? And then I'll, I'll chime in with some Oregon defensive talk. I can tell you that this is a very underwhelming offense. And I think that's the most polite way I can put it. They've really struggled this year. And so much of that struggle has come because of the quarterback situation. Jaden Rashada played the first two weeks of the year. There was ups and downs. He looked like a freshman, but there were some really bright spots with him. He's got the ability to push the ball down the field with a lively arm. He's able to move around. The problem is he was injured, and he he is greenlit for the rest of the year, quote-unquote greenlit. He, like you said, Kenny kind of shut it down and said that he is an emergency option at like a best-case scenario. I don't know if that means if everybody's injured or if ASU is very quickly down in the game and there's like five turnovers. Whatever it is, I don't know if we should expect Rashada this weekend. So you have to turn your attention to Trenton Borgay. And Borgay, I, I love him to pieces. I've got a little bit of a personal relationship with him. Great young man, but he struggled this year. He has just one touchdown pass over, oh man, he's got like seven starts at least. Seven touchdown, or excuse me, I was just talking about the starts. One touchdown pass against four interceptions. He's just not finding his way in the end zone through the air. And the whole Sun Devils team is struggling because of it. They've got two really good weapons. And these are the guys that Oregon is going to need to turn their attention to. The first guy is running back Cameron Scadaboo, jersey number four. I call him the people's running back because he does a little bit of everything. He rushes really well. He catches the ball. Uh, he actually tosses the football too. He's four of eight on the year with a touchdown. So he's matched Trenton Borgay with touchdown passes. And he also punts as crazy as that sounds. And he's actually averaging the highest punt uh, yard, yards per punt on the year. He's over 50 yards per punt with the pooch oh opportunities. God. Like he does everything for this team. And that's going to be Oregon's number one, number two, and number three priority on defense is finding a way to contain him because he can do so many different things and beat you in so many different ways. If the offense is rolling, it's because Cameron Scadaboo is going. But the other guy you'll need to monitor is wide receiver Elijah Badger, jersey number two. He is the focal point of whatever the passing game that they have is. Let me paint a picture for you. He leads the team in receptions and yards. 58 catches, 649 yards. The next closest guy is tight end Jalen Con uh, Jalen Conyers, 25 receptions. So he's got more than double the amount of catches as second place, 313 yards. So more than double the amount of receiving yards as second place. The passing game goes through Elijah Badger. 
And he is one of the best kept secrets in the Pac-12. Like, he truly is such a stud receiver. Uh, he does a lot of different things. They try to get him on end arounds. It's been mixed results. You've seen some, but not a great amount of potential. He's a really good return man. He's got two returns this year, uh, kick returns that went over 60 yards. He's just explosive, and they're going to get him the ball often. Uh, something that I truly believe in this game is he's going to see easily double-digit targets. And the only way he wouldn't get that is if prime Darrell Revis was covering him. And even then, because of how important he is to this offense, they're going to throw to him. And that's no no offense to the Oregon secondary whatsoever because the Oregon defense scares the you-know-what out of me. It's just no matter what's happening, they could put like bracket coverage on Elijah Badger because of how important he is to this offense, Arizona State's going to look to him. So Cameron Scadaboo, number four, Elijah Badger, number two, are going to be the life of this offense. Expect them to get heavy amounts of volume in this game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Getting a good feel for the ASU offense and, and some of those weapons to keep an eye on. I watched a little bit of uh, ASU earlier this year, uh, specifically their game against Washington that they almost won uh, until that pick six kind of, uh, you know, everything fell apart after that. Yep. That one decided the game, obviously. But there were definitely a, a multitude of runs where I was like, dang, that guy Scadaboo's gritty and he's tough and he can run. So I'm excited to see 
uh, how he can do against this Oregon defense that's averaging, that's surrendering, I should say, less than 100 yards per game on the ground. Elijah Badger is a name that uh, if Oregon fans follow recruiting, um, that Oregon recruited come out of Folsom in Northern California. I actually just wrote an update on uh, an up-and-coming wide receiver from Folsom, Jamison Powell, that visited Oregon this past weekend. But yeah, you got to watch out for him. He's obviously the biggest threat there. Oregon's DBs look like they're going to be good to go after a pretty physical game against USC last week. Uh, Kyrie Jackson and Jaleel Florence looked like they got a bit banged up, but uh, they, they, it looks like all signs are pointing towards them being fully available this week. Uh, Oregon's defense, I think, has a little bit of a sigh of relief because you go from Caleb Williams um, to, uh, how do you say his last name again? Sorry, Bert. Borgay. Borgay. Um, now you have to face Borgay, you know, not, not to slight him, but I think it'd be a step down as if you're playing anybody other than Penix and, and Caleb Williams, you're breathing some kind of a sigh of relief because they have been both having tremendous years. And I think that that was a huge test for Oregon to be able to try to contain him outside the pocket. That was no small task. So I think Oregon's defense has to have a lot of confidence right now. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, going out to the desert hasn't been super kind to Oregon. I mean, I don't need to tell duck fans what happened the last time the devils and the ducks played uh, a couple of years ago. So, uh, and then, you know, just big picture with, with Kenny Dillingham and this squad. I mean, if there's one game that, that Dillingham wants his guys to show up for, it would be this one. And if there's one game that the devils want to show up for to play spoiler, you know, it will be this one. So I think Oregon has a lot of momentum going into this game, obviously, but, but you can't take the, the, the sun devils for, for granted here, you can't overlook them. Uh, and I think those are kind of the three guys that you absolutely have to know. Uh, I think Bram Walden, former Oregon offensive lineman, is out there, um, you know, homecoming in, in Tempe after uh, coming out of Saguaro High School before he ended up at Oregon. Uh, so really some some great stuff there from Richie on the, the ASU offense. But I want to turn the attention to the defense because the defense uh, – I don't want to say it's necessarily been the talk, but it's it's been, I think, the stronger side of the ball this year. Let me know if that's a stretch. Oh, definitively. Um, definitively. So, so yeah, the, the defense has been better, which is probably a little bit unexpected, just giving, given that Kenny Dillingham is an offensive coach. But, hey, um, you know, if that's your strength. You got to roll with it. You got to step into it. And uh, it's not it's not a bad group. So what, what can you tell me about this uh, ASU defense as we kind of get get up to speed on them? What I can tell you is the first thing you should not do is look at a box score because ASU is kind of middle of the pack in yards per game in passing yards and rushing yards. They're in the bottom half in points per game. It's really easy to look at those stats and just assume that this is a okay defense. The fact of the matter is this is a defense that plays with their hair on fire and they have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. They're getting quality play out of their linebackers, but the story is their defensive line. It starts with the edge rushers. It starts with BJ Green, another one of the best kept secrets in the entire nation. He's top five in pressures for all power five schools. He's an absolute monster off the edge, number 35. He's, fun fact, he's led the team in tack or tackles, led the team in sacks as both a freshman and a sophomore, albeit as a sophomore, it was two and a half, but he's led the team both years. He has six on the year. He has a lot of pressures, as I just mentioned. He's an absolute terror off the edge. And he's got a couple of partners in crime across from him. Uh, Prince Dorba also has six sacks on the year. And Clayton Smith, a former five-star recruit at Oklahoma who transferred to Arizona State for playtime, 
has three and a half sacks on the year. And the Sun Devils have done a really good job getting to the quarterback. Their interior is really good too. Deshaun Mallory has been everything that we hoped after he transferred from Michigan as a graduate. He is an absolute run stuffer and a guy who can take on multiple blocks. He's a beast. The kid next to him, CJ Fight, another one of my favorite players uh, personally, he's he's played out of his mind too. I like to joke that he was a three-star because he played in Texas. If he played at any of the other 49 states in the country, he would have been a four-star. He is so talented in the way that he can shed blocks too. When you have a defensive line that has those five players, they're going to do a really good job up front more often than not. However, Oregon's offensive line is great, and Bo Nix does not take sacks. So this is going to be an interesting battle, especially because the last time the Sun Devils played an elite offensive line like Washington, they didn't get any sacks on Michael Penix. On the flip side, as good as the pass rush has been, this team doesn't force turnovers. Like They've got two interceptions and three fumble recoveries on the year, and four of those turnovers came in one game against Washington. So you kind of look at this and you wonder, could lightning be captured in a bottle twice? Because you went to Seattle to do that to Washington. The problem is you play that game a hundred times. I don't know if you're getting more than five games like that. More often than not, Washington's going to roll you. It's the same thing for Oregon here. But if there is a way that Arizona State can win this game, it's because of the defense. In the secondary, Roe Torrance, who just accepted his Shrine Bowl invite, is more than likely de- declaring for the draft. He's a beast at corner. He plays outside. He's 6'3", and he moves really well for his size. He can flip his hips, mirror and match. Uh, has an interception this year, although, again, there's not been a lot of turnovers. But he kind of was up and down to start the year, and he's been on a really hot stretch to end the year. Between the defensive line and Roe Torrance, this isn't a pushover defense for the Sun Devils, but nonetheless, Oregon's offense is the unstoppable force. I like the the insight that you gave there about kind of how ASU went about building this defense and getting some pretty important pieces out of the portal because, like you talked about, you know the, those aren't any slouch kind of guys. You know, getting the guy from Michigan, uh, I think you also said there was a Georgia transfer. Um, was that right along the D line? Uh, or, uh, so, Oklahoma, for, Oklahoma. Sorry, Clayton sorry Smith about that. From Oklahoma. Okay, same yeah, colors. O- yeah, yeah, same colors. So these are some some good additions for for the Sun Devils and and on the other side of the ball, Oregon's offensive line has been playing some really really good football. They just were named a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award. Jackson Powers Johnson landed on the Outland Trophy Award. Um, not watch list. He was a semifinalist as well, I believe. He's coming off one of his, perhaps his greatest tests of the year against USC's Bear Alexander. We know that USC defense has been terrible this year, but Bear Alexander is certainly uh, one of the brighter spots on He's that group. Wrecker. And and then, so he, the Oregon line has some momentum in that regard, but, you know, Richie, I don't need to tell you unless you didn't watch the game. The Ducks shot themselves in the foot a whole bunch of times. I was in Eugene in the press box at that game. And I think even though the the box score says 36-27 Oregon, I don't think that this game was that close, shouldn't have been that close. I think Oregon could have and should have put 50 on the board if they stop and they're not shooting themselves in the foot. So I think as good as Oregon's offense has been, 
they really have left some points on the board and left a little bit of meat on the bone, so to speak, after that game against USC. So I think they're going to come into this game against the Devils fired up and uh, looking to, you know, hungry for more. I was also surprised that uh, USC did a pretty good job defending their run. Oregon only had 140 yards on the ground, um, which isn't that great of a day at the office for them. But, hey, that's okay. That's why you have a balanced offense. Bo Nix has a career day, 412 yards and four touchdowns. So I don't think that Oregon's skill talent, uh, as far as the the wideouts and the tight ends, were too tested by that USC defense last week. But that said, I think they're going to want to establish the run very early in this game. Uh, against ASU to kind of get to their bread and butter, do what they do best, and and really try to take it to them a bit more because they had some hiccups last week, and I think they kind of got a little bit away from their game plan, which sounds weird to say because of the big day they had offensively from a stat perspective. But Oregon's defense, I think, should roll and do pretty well in this game against Arizona State. Um, as we kind of start to wind down here, Richie, I wanted to get to our score predictions uh, you are the guest and have been kind enough to give us some of your time on the show. So I'm going to throw it over to you first. I I want to believe in my heart that Arizona State will come into this game with the same kind of attitude that they had against Washington. And I do think it's possible. They've shown the ability to play up to their competition. They lost to USC of uh, 42 to 28 earlier this year in Tempe. And they went stride for stride. The thing that Arizona State has done so well this year is they play such unorthodox football that you kind of sit there at halftime and you're like, how do we make an adjustment to this? That was the case with USC because they're running their quarterbacks on on wide receivers and they're throwing to the quarterbacks. They've got Scadaboo doing a little bit of everything. They're doing pooch punts. They're doing end arounds. They're going for it on fourth down. You kind of sit there and you're like... I don't know how we adjust to this. Hopefully that's going to be the case in this game is Arizona state just throws the refrigerator at this team and they find a way to keep Oregon off balance. One of the things that I loved in the UCLA win was they did this really weird, like widespread offense where they would have their center snap the ball to Borgay in like a shotgun, but you would have like three offensive linemen to the left Uh, like far left of the field and two on the far right of the field. You had guys scattered throughout for receivers and tight ends. And you were able to sort of neutralize a really good pass rush with Liatu Latu and everyone else on UCLA. I have to imagine that ASU is going to come into this game with the same kind of mentality and logic of finding a way to throw Oregon off their rhythm to mask a suspect offense. This game is going to come down to how are you going to approach Bo Nix? Because whatever your game plan was against Michael Penix was terrific because to to a somewhat uh, degree, you kind of threw off Michael Penix's Heisman campaign with a really bad game where he didn't score any touchdowns and he threw two interceptions. This is another similar Titan that they're going up against for Bo Nix, who for my money is the Heisman Trophy winner this year. They're going to need to come out and find a way to play similar football. Could it happen? Absolutely. Am I expecting it? No. Final score, I got Oregon big in this one, 44-17. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines there, but um, just to give some more kind of big picture thoughts on this game, I mean, it's it's obviously a lot on the line for Oregon. 
Um, I think that you have a different level of confidence if, if you're an Oregon fan, I think, in this year's squad co- compared to previous years, um, you know, under guys like Mario Cristobal, just in terms of the level that he has these guys locked in at. I don't know, Richie, if you've gotten to see any of the cinematic recaps that they've been putting out, but the behind the scenes look that you get at Oregon football, you see the oh, team meetings, it. you see the locker room uh, discussions. And I mean, Dan is just on one. He is just so laser focused on the, on the favorite. goal. It, it's just one more thing that I love about Oregon. I'm such a diehard Dan Lanning fan. I love, uh, sorry to get off track, uh, the whole thing against Colorado, like they're doing it for, for the media. We're doing it to win games. But I, obviously not a accurate quote. It was some along those lines. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's. They're playing deal. for clicks. We're playing for wins. There I it guess, is. I yes. guess that's what it was. Yes, that is. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that they. I just feel like it's if you're an Oregon fan, it's hard to be confident at, at this point in the season. I guess is a good way to put it, uh, just because of what history has shown us uh, about what Oregon's been able to do late in the season. I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. I don't want to. I don't want to be too negative. Um, but this is a game that you know Oregon. It's we're at the point where every game matters just as much as the next game. I mean, Oregon could be playing Washington this week, and it would matter just as much because. Not only is Oregon playing good football, but obviously so is Washington. They have the the attention of everybody nationally uh, as an undefeated team now and with probably one of the best wins in the country over Oregon. So Oregon wants to come out, I think, and, and really send a statement this game, um, seeing that even though they beat USC last week, it really wasn't as clean of a game as it could have been. I think that Bo Nix wants to, if Bo Nix should have another big day, depending on how the Ducks do establishing the run, I think that Jordan James and Bucky Irving have a bigger impact than they did last week. And um, maybe ASU tries to focus in on some of these wideouts for Oregon. But overall, I think Oregon should uh, win big. I got 49 to 13 uh, Oregon over ASU. Um, Just the the ASU offense has really been struggling this year. And I think Oregon's defense is going to be very much up to the task uh, out in Tempe. I think Oregon's offense should get back into a rhythm. Not that they were super out of a rhythm last last week, but they had a couple drives that that stalled. Penalties came into into effect, so I got Oregon in this one, and I think that they uh, you know move past the Sun Devils and maybe take another step in getting um, you know some of their Arizona woes or their desert woes kind of uh, in the rearview mirror because, like we said, Oregon hasn't always done that great in Arizona or Arizona schools. They just kind of creep up on Oregon and give them maybe a bit more than they expect. They got the win over Arizona last year in Tucson. Now they're going to look to do that on Saturday in Tempe. I like it. I, uh, I, I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping that they come out and maybe have that edge of let's get the win for Kenny Dillingham against his former team. This is it's a titan that they're going up against with Oregon. I feel like they're destined for at worst a New Year's Six bowl and at best, a playoff run. We'll see if they can take care of business on Saturday against Arizona State. Kickoff set for 1 o'clock Pacific on Fox. And uh, before we get out of here, Richie, where can people find more of you and your work in this college football space? Yeah, if you guys want to check out any Arizona State stuff, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Richie Brads. That's with a Z, 36. You can also find the Locked on Sun Devils podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Like I said, 
I love Oregon. I I don't even know if I would say that I hate you guys once a year. It's just I want to beat you guys once a year. I really am like as close to an Oregon fan as I could be pseudo-wise. I have ties to Arizona State, obviously. If I did not, Oregon's right up there. So I'd love to talk Oregon with you guys. I love so much about that program. So, yeah, we'll have conversations. Right on, right on. Well, make sure you guys lock in with Richie. If you want to find more of me and my work, you can follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Sports. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, at Oregon Football Max Taurus. We're on the road to 3K. That's the goal. Appreciate you guys for the support. And you can read all of my stuff covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. I got interviews, score predictions, uh, you name it. I got it on my uh, on my site over at DucksDigest.com. But uh, until next time, you guys, thank you so much for taking some time to talk some ball. Thanks to Richie for coming on. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.